Ellen. And I'm Alex. And this is our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. This week, we are talking about King of Scars by Leigh Bardugo, the first of the King of Scars duology books. And this book occurs in Leigh Bardugo's Grishaverse, Mm -hmm. um, which includes the Shadow and Bone trilogy and the Six of Crows duology. Correct. So this duology... I believe is about a year after the Six of Crows duology ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are back in Ravka with King Nikolai and his general Zoya, um, and basically get to watch them trying to figure out how to rule, rule yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, as well as then. Um, getting some perspective from Nina's um, Nina yeah Nina's service to the crown as she is back Mm -hmm. in the second army um, helping Ravka but she's in fear Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes so we get a lot of different points of views from mostly the three of them I believe yeah and Um, then we get a little Isaac at the end yes so it's a lot of new magical twists that we had <laughs> no idea were coming. Ugh. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll just leave it at that. And you can listen to us talk more in depth yeah. about it. So we will be talking mostly about this book. But I think it'll be inevitable that we will be also referencing some things that happened in the Shadow and Bone trilogy and the Six of Crows duology. So this is your spoiler warning for those five books. So that's Shadow and Bone, Siege and Storm, Ruin and Rising, Six of Crows, Crooked, (laughs) the the Crooked Kingdom, um, Crooked Kingdom, and then, but mostly we'll be talking about King of Scars. So if you haven't read any of those and you don't want spoilers, go read them because we would really like you to. (laughs) And then come back, join us. And then if you don't care about spoilers, I guess just stay. We don't get it, but stay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we should also honor the fact that we're together for this one. again. I know. Um, It's always really exciting, but also a little bit like, what are we doing? Because I'm so used to just seeing your face in my phone. Mm -hmm. So seeing seeing all of you is like... This is really awkward. Whoa. <laughs> you can see more than just my face. Wow. I know. It's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's more exciting that we actually get to be together and see each other. I know. It's pretty... It's, it's amazing. I know. So, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but... Because I think we've quite well learned I don't know what kind of sentence that was supposed to be um but I think we've learned at this point or in my case should have learned at this point that Lee Bardugo's style of choice at least in this world right Mm -hmm. when she writes a book is you get that immediate action at the beginning Mm -hmm. that like hooks you and then things sort of slow down with little bits of action in the middle Mm -hmm. right but like That's where, of course, the meat of the story is. 
And then I should have learned by now that the last like 150 to 200 pages are really where shit hits the fan. And for some reason, every time I read a new one of her books, I get to the end when it comes to the crescendo and I'm like, what am I? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think for me, it's more so, and I know I've talked about this before with her previous books is that for some reason I just keep thinking that there's no way that the magic of the world is going to change again because it has so many times. Right. And then it just happens again and I'm like, how did I not expect that? Like, why was this such a big surprise for me when it happens literally every, almost every single book? There is a morph in your concept of like what her world yeah. is. Um, and she gets to do that because it's her world and yeah. she can do whatever she wants. And yet every time I'm just like, what? I know. <laughs> it's, I think it's a gift of the, of the writers. Mm-hmm. Um, we could call ours a gift. <laughs> sure. If we, if we wanted to. But it's just, uh, I don't know. Just every time I'm just, so clearly she's doing a really good job of like sneaking it in there and then all of a sudden it smashes you in the face and you're like holy shit like (laughs) what just happened (laughs) um Mm -hmm. yeah i'd say that's an accurate description of all of our books so far that we've read i know at least in this world we only have one we only have one left i know at least of what's out yet who knows maybe that's true maybe she has some more plans up her sleeves. Um, yeah. So. Yes. Who was your favorite character? I think I'm, like, <laughs> pretty positive I know. But, okay. But um, I'd like you do to Do you think I have, do you please. think I have just one? No. How many do you think I have? Two to three. You are correct. <laughs> um, it's literally the three main characters. <laughs> It's literally Nina, Zoya, and Nikolai. Yep. And it's really interesting because I think, especially in the Shadow and Bone trilogy, uh, the first two books, if you would have told me then that Zoya would become one of my favorite characters in this, like, world, I would have been like, what have you been drinking? <laughs> have you been smoking, smoking a little bit? Um... Because, of course, sort of before she has her moment of reckoning with the dark... Well, not moment of reckoning, but after the Darkling betrays mm-hmm. the Grisha in the first trilogy, um, she's wholeheartedly on his side, you know? And... Um, but she... I love that she has learned from her past, and she has learned from her... Um, I don't even want to call it a mistake, because I can under, I can understand why the Grisha wanted to follow the Darkling, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when you're part of a um, community of people that have been hunted and enslaved and, you know, even in Ravka, they had more rights than in other countries, but they still weren't Mm -hmm. viewed the same as normal people, Right. right? Like, it's easy to find someone who's promising you a normal life or a life outside of fear mm-hmm. and, and, and to want to be a part of that. Like, so I can understand why she, um, 
followed him. So I, I don't want to call it a mistake because I think, uh-huh. you know, it's it's understandable why she would have done that. But she's learned from her history and just the things that has ha- have happened. And um, instead of going down with the ship, she's um, adapted, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then Nina is just my darling Nina. I love her to pieces um, for all of the reasons I've loved her in other um, um, books. But let me tell you, her first chapter in this book was so hard to read. Like, I, I just sobbed through, like, the whole chapter. Oh, gosh. I was like, oh, my poor, my sweet Nina. Um, like, I just... And I was happy that by the end, because of course, like grief never goes away, but she was returning to herself, you know, because I, I missed her <laughs> as the Nina that we know and love. And then of course, Nikolai is Nikolai uh-huh. and I've loved him pretty much since we met him. So <laughs> that was no shock to me that he was also there. But in my notes, it's really funny because at first I wrote Nina. Mm-hmm. Um, probably pretty much before I even read most of the book because I just knew that mm. she was going to be my favorite. Um, and then I added Anne Zoya at one point. I don't even remember exactly which point, but I kind of just realized I was like, oh, actually, I think it was when she went to get Nikolai right in the first time that he escapes and he's as the monster. And mm-hmm. and she there's a little chapter where she's like, we're doing this again and we're traipsing. And I was like, oh, my God, OK, I kind of love you. Um, and then I wrote Anne Nikolai. So it literally just says Nina and Zoya and Nikolai, um, <laughs> which I think is just the epitome of me as a yes. Well, f- favorite character picker. <laughs> well, that and I'm making an assumption here mm-hmm. based on the fact that the majority of this book is from the point of view of those three characters that you highly and you really enjoyed the book. I loved it. Because yeah. you loved all three yeah. main characters <laughs> yeah. so much. I mean, I loved it. And I also, um, I think it's funny to say this because like, of course it is the book that you read after Crooked Kingdom, but I think it was the right story for after Crooked Kingdom, right? Like instead of her doing like a trilogy or like something, you know, because uh-huh. I think to have had all of the characters after what happened at the end of Crooked Kingdom, we can just allude to it. We don't have to actually talk about it quite yet. Um, you know, like I think for her to have tried to continue the story, but as a continuation of that series, I think would have been just like heartbreakingly detrimental. You yeah. know, like I like not that the beginning of this book wasn't right. just like tearing me apart. Oh, but it was like, but it was, but it was only Nina's chapters that were tearing yes. us apart. Yeah, and like I think if it had been a continuation of those characters in addition to these characters, mm-hmm. it would have just been like I think it was the right choice yeah. for her to end the, or at least partially end that mm-hmm. story and then yes. start a new one. I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. How about you? Who are your favorite characters? Uh, I had one. Okay. His name was Nikolai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how could you not? He is the, the king of Ravka. Um, he... You say Ravka? Yeah, I say Ravka. 
my Midwestern ass. Yeah, I was going to say, yours, yours is very Midwestern. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know which of us is the correct I baby. No there's even a different pronunciation that's actually accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that he is still, like, mostly his, like, golden boy self, like, very, um, like, at ease with all the different responsibilities and roles that he's taken on and so passionate about helping his people. But then with this, like, monster Mm -hmm. that he's dealing with, he has all of these like internal struggles that you really get to see, um, which is a a very fascinating layer that gets added to Mm -hmm. his person and makes him more, I don't want to say relatable because we don't have a monster inhabiting us at night um, trying to take us over. That we know of. (laughs) Uh, But more in terms of like, Dealing with, like, internal demons and right. not being as perfect as, like, he has seemed to be yeah. in the past. Yeah. Um, which just makes him that much more likable in my mind. I mean, how can you not love him? hmm Hence why he's... I, I just flat out was like, I'm not picking. <laughs> like, <laughs> like um, we could have added Genya in there. I love... I love mm-hmm. her. Um, yes. Yeah, I like it. I I approve. Oh, thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. Not that you need my approval, but I approve of your favorite character choice. Good. Um, what about? Did you have a favorite part? I did, although oh. it was. Um, it was also sort of a theme. So, like, okay. technically, I had a favorite part, and then. As I thought about it a little bit more, I realized that there was a little theme that I was seeing that I really enjoyed for for my three favorite characters. But I'll tell you my part first, and then we'll okay um, see sort of the correlation. So I I decided that my favorite part um, was when Nina and um, Leonie and um, the guy whose name starts with an A, whose name I can't remember. Adric. Adric, thank you. Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> Adric the Uneven. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just love that. Um, when they are rescuing all of the women and babies from the um, factory, and uh, they're confronted by the well mother, and Nina um, like releases all of the dead women and babies souls and um gives voice to their suffering and also gives them the moment like she doesn't kill the well mother she leaves the well mother to them you Mm -hmm. know like um because we know that those at least in some of the instances the girls came to her hoping that she would protect them and she certainly did not. Um, and I just loved that that was, you know, she had she had the moment to, she could have very well killed her, but she left right. her for the people who she had wronged. And I thought it was in that particular discovery um, of, uh, uh, of all the graves on the um, mountain, um, mm-hmm. I thought it was such an interesting 
for us to be reading this book now, right, with everything that's happening in Canada, where mm-hmm. they keep finding all mm-hmm. of these um, graves of indigenous children yeah. that were sent off to school and just murdered and buried and, you know... I think they've found like 500, like in different yeah, places, like I 500 just, graves. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, and I, I'm, I'm certain it's not just in Canada, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. certain there's plenty of places in America that that has unfortunately happened. And, um, but I thought that it was such an interesting book to accidentally be reading mm-hmm. at this point in time, you know, like just what a weird coincidental, um, I don't know if allegory is the right word, but that's the word that popped into my head. Um, but parallel at the very mm-hmm. least. Um, um, but I also loved that that scene was also Nina. Like we've already seen her sort of relishing and sinking into her new powers, right? She had mm-hmm. her, her truest part of that in the last, in the Crooked Kingdom right. book. Um, but it was just sort of her, I think, remembering her power after everything that happened with Matthias. Um, and remembering who the fuck she is, you know? Um, and that was sort of the theme that I also loved when, um, Zoya is, um, sort of taking the life of, um, the dragon guy mm-hmm. whose name I've also now Juris. Juris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, she has a moment of, this is who I am. Like, this is... Um, me. And then Nikolai has one when he's battling the demon. And because the demon keeps saying to him, like, who are you? What right do you have? And he keeps saying, I have no right, but I'm going to do it. Like, you know, but I'm going to do it anyways, because Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the best. And I just sort of liked that trend of this is who I am. And y'all better stand back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. How about you? Um, so my favorite part was a theme throughout the book. Okay. Or, I don't know of a theme, but just reoccurrences of sure. similar things. Um, I really, really enjoyed seeing a different side of Zoya and, like, all the instances where you learn about her backstory and her <sighs> life and her childhood Horrific. to actually be able to understand mm-hmm. who she is now. Yeah. Um, because she was definitely someone that I, like, did not like at all in previous books. So it was really great to be able to see that, just to be able, as a reader, to understand her more Mm -hmm. and to be able to connect to her more. Yeah. Um, Did you like her in the third Shadow and Bone book? Not particularly. Okay. I'm just wondering. I was kind of just like, meh. That's when I started being like, Maybe I like her a little bit, but like we didn't have a ton, like you were saying, we didn't have a ton of that mm-hmm. information. Yeah. So I loved that like she has that little boat um, painted on her wall from when her aunt was taking her to the capital and yeah. they would sail somewhere new at night in their storytelling yeah. and um, just... I mean, a lot of her backstory is really sad, so it's I don't know horrific. why, like, yeah. that's my favorite part, but I think it's because 
you get to see her character in yeah. such a different light that then that was really great to experience. Absolutely. I agree. I can... Uh, I approve. <laughs> I don't know why the hell I keep saying that. Um, but... Do you approve of my decision? I know. I'm... Who do I think I am? Um, no, I can I can see that. I can mm-hmm. agree with that. Um, yeah. Should we get to our favorite quotes now? Where somehow I have a bajillion oh, and way ta- more than you. Oh, the tables have turned. Yes, so I have three. But two are not like super long, but a smidge longer. Okay. Um... Because I feel like in the past few books, they've just been... I've had a multiple, but they've been mostly, like, one-liners. Yeah, that's kind of how all of mine are. Yeah. Like, very short and sweet. So, my first one, um, Nina has... Um, Nina and Leone and Adric... Adric. I think I've been calling him... Because I'm from the Midwest. I think I've been calling him Adric. Um, are... They've come to the convent... Um, they've discovered the girls mm-hmm. dressed up like soldiers. They've come back. And then she, um, how did she, I can't even remember now. How did she, well, somehow Nina and, oh, Hannah was out riding and saved, I think, Nina from the wolves. Oh, okay. And then they're, like, spending time together and talking and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And um, Nina's sort of looking at her and, like, trying to get her, like, thinking about if she could get her to come to Ravka instead of going someplace Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not sure about if it's Ravka because, as you know, Alex, um, I was looking at my notes and it had changed whatever word it was to Arabia but I feel like Ravka has the most similar letters. Mm-hmm. Like, that, if you were going to jump from one to the other, that makes the most sense right. to me. Well, I think also, hadn't she already found out that Hannah was um, Grisha? And so she was trying to figure out. Yeah. Wasn't that yeah. why she was trying to figure out how to get her. Exactly. Uh, a, um, to come to the second army. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it was just sort of Nina sort of looking at her and. It says, there was gold in her. Nina could see it. The shine dimmed by years of being told there was something wrong in the way she was made. And I was like, shit. Because <laughs> I think I think in many instances that's very true. But I think especially for girls, mm-hmm. we are often told... To be quieter or more demure or more ladylike or... And not that there's anything wrong with any of those things. Yes. But if it's not in our nature, it can be so detrimental. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. there is nothing wrong with being demure or quiet or ladylike. But if that's not who you feel like you are on the inside, that can be really hard to not understand why you're not fitting into that. Mm -hmm. Um box that they're trying to put you in um so it made me tear up a little bit when i read that and then oh my god this is hitting home i know right i was like gosh darn it um and then my next two are um both in a zoya chapter okay and they're actually like one right after the other pretty much and it's when she's um they first gotten to 
Novo Kribisk. Um and she's she has gone by herself to the like the temple and she's looking at all the names and she's realizing mm-hmm. that like her aunt's name is not gonna be on there and right. um all of that stuff. But like she um that's the setting. Okay. <laughs> so I have two that are sort of in that area. So the first one Oh, she's looking on the outside of the chapel. Okay. And she hasn't gone in yet. Mm-hmm. And she um, is sort of thinking about the past. Past. Or past. Oh, is know. that what that is? <laughs> um, and, um, oh, that's what it is. So she's looking at the outside of the chapel. She's seeing all the saints. But then she's seeing that Alina is now one of the saints. Mm-hmm. And so this is and so this is sort of what she's remembering and thinking. Um, it had taken a long time for Zoya to think of Alina as anything other than a rival. She'd resented the orphan girl's gifts and read her position with the Darkling. She hadn't understood what power meant then or the price that any of them would be forced to pay for it. After the war, Alina had chosen a life of peace and anonymity, bought with the charade of her death, but her name and her legend had only grown. Zoya was surprised to find that she liked seeing Alina's name on churches, liked hearing it spoken in prayers. Ravka had given too much of its love to men like the Darkling, the Apret, even the Lansov kings. They owed a little of it to an orphan girl with no dress sense. (laughs) Um, And I loved... I thought that that was that paragraph was such a true um, window into how much Zoya has changed mm-hmm. and grown and learned from her past, um, and then especially that last little part about the world giving too much credit yeah. to men and not enough to, not even specifically Alina, but mm-hmm. like to women and yeah, um, and then of course I love that. Even though she has grown, she's still the same Zoya, and she's like, even though she does has no fashion sense, you know, like I just, I just loved that she was, you know, she's still herself, mm-hmm. you know, she's not too changed. Right. <laughs> um, and then um, this next paragraph, she's now inside the chapel. Now she's looking at the names. Okay, she's realizing sort of that her. Um, I don't think we know that it's her aunt at this time. I think we know mm-hmm. her name, but we don't know who she is. Exactly yeah. how she is tied to her. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. So she would find the names, but she doesn't want to walk that far because she can't bring herself to look uh, at it. That's okay. what it is. Um, so it says, after all this time, she had still not found an end to her grief. It was a dark well, an echoing place into which she had once cast a stone, sure that it would strike bottom and she would stop hurting. Instead, it just kept falling. She forgot about the stone, forgot about the well, sometimes for days or even weeks at a time. Then she would think Liliana's name, or her eye would pause on the little boat painted on her bedroom wall, its two-starred flag frozen in the wind. She'd sit down to write a letter and realize she had no one to write to, and the quiet that surrounded her became the silence of the well of the stone falling. And I um, thought that that was such a great way to talk about grief, Mm -hmm. because it's true, like, your grief never leaves. You just learn how to live with it, mm-hmm. you know? And and I especially love the part about, like, and sometimes it you don't see it for a long time. And then, like, the littlest, weirdest thing um, 
makes it pop up and smack you in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then I also was just so heartbroken when she's like, and she would sit down to write a letter, but she had no one to write a letter to. Uh-huh. I'm like, you can write me a letter, you fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are mine. Very nice. The end of Ellen's favorite quotes <laughs> for this book. So I was just noting favorite quotes left and right, apparently. I'm so excited. Um, most of them are very short and sweet. Um, and mostly, I don't know, they were just like, I liked the way that something was described or like written in mm-hmm. like a way that I wouldn't have thought about it. Um, I feel like that's a very, that's a, I think that's a very common, like your favorite quotes fit into that category very often. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I have my categories, like I feel like that's yeah. one of your big ones. For sure. Which isn't bad, just um, <laughs> noting. <laughs> I agree with that. Good. Yeah. So my first one is um, when Nikolai and Talia mm-hmm. are going to their, like, whatever i forget his name who has like the fancy house and throws all those parties yes. as like a the a, orgies yeah, yeah. A beard for all of Nic- nikolai's like secret uh, yeah. experiments and right. military um so sneaky yeah that little sock yeah so they're talking about how they have to like go down basically their version of an elevator to get down mm-hmm. to the lower levels and Talia like hates it and he's so <laughs> scared of it. Um and then he tells Nikolai like no I'm still gonna come with you and Nikolai had been like well I mean you could like wait above like that's not an issue. Yeah. And he said no. Um and he responds to Nikolai Tamar says fears are like weeds. They grow wild if left unattended. And so then Nikolai responds, so forcing yourself underground is a bit of light gardening. (laughs) And then Talia says back to him, if I don't face it, I'll never get over it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, like your fears are like weeds and you have to tend your garden I was like oh that's such a cool way to think about fear yeah I also just love the idea of Tolia who's this massive human being just like not the the fear of being underground just that he I like the reminder that he also has fears you Mm -hmm. know like yes just because he's big and bulky doesn't mean that he is I agree I agree, I agree that perception... Without fear. Yeah, no. your perception of someone isn't always reality. Like, just because mm-hmm. he's this huge warrior, heart render, who yeah. you would think wouldn't be afraid of anything because right. he can defend himself and, yeah. you know, all this stuff. Um, but that isn't necessarily the case. <laughs> okay. Where the heck is this so (laughs) it's a story of my life (laughs) god i just like noted the pages i didn't know where in the page the quote was even though i literally right before we did this went through and like found all of the quotes but because i have nine of them 
Um, now that I'm trying to go back through them again, I'm like, shoot, I don't remember yeah. what quote was on this page or like where on the page it was. Um, oh, okay. So this is in a Nikolai chapter and he is currently thinking about like, you know, some of his worries as a king, like how am I going to... Um, like defend our country if Mm -hmm. there's you know attacks or you know where am I going to find the money for xyz Um, and he then you get a little insight into like how his mind works for Nikolai a problem had always presented an opportunity no different than the one offered by a Fjordan engine you stripped it down to its parts figured out what drove it, then used those pieces to build something that worked for you instead of against you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why don't I do that? (laughs) That's that's such a great way to problem solve and to look at the world and thinking about how to attack a problem. Um, Whereas I just, like, stress out and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to fix this. Like, the world's ending. (laughs) Wait, that's not how you're supposed to deal with things? (laughs) Shoot. I know. So when I read that, I not only did I really like how that was described, but it was also, like, a reaction of, like, oh, that's right. I should remember this as... I'm struggling, you know, with X, Y, Z to to put it down the engine. (laughs) (laughs) Start, go get a car, find an engine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because I know so much about cars and stripping down an engine makes uh, total sense for me. It's a personal analogy that I have. And I think since Fjorda is supposed to be like Germany, Scandinavia esque, I think Mm -hmm. you should find like a Volkswagen. Right. Um, that makes sense. To try to get as close to a fear in an engine as possible. Mm-hmm. Obviously. <laughs> no, I love that quote. Um, so this next quote is when um, Zoya and Nikolai are discussing his future brides and trying to figure out like who he should look at to become his queen. Yeah. And uh Zoya's Me. giving him a bunch of <laughs> options and he's just like I don't want any <laughs> basically um and they're starting to discuss like why he was so hesitant to make a choice about this mm-hmm. when typically he's a very decisive person especially when it comes to matters of state and yeah. figuring out what to do for his country um and so this is him talking about or thinking about why he was hesitating when Zoya was like, you know, you, this isn't like you to hesitate. Yeah. It wasn't. He excelled at decisions. He enjoyed them. It was like clearing the deadfall from a forest so that you could see an open path. And I was like, that's how you make, that's what decision making looks like even, to you? Even listening to that again, I'm like, oh, decisions. <laughs> But, like, if I just, oh, I'm making a decision so that I can have, like, an open path forward to move forward in my life through a forest. Like, how much easier is that than, like, do 
do I want the fettuccine Alfredo or do I want the chicken scampi? Like, I don't know. This choice is too hard. Uh, maybe it's because he's not making those little decisions, right? Like, he just eats what's served to him, you know? So maybe he is free to use all his decision-making yeah. on the big stuff. Well, I mean, I also have big stuff No, that's what I'm saying, but, like, maybe your too. big stuff decisions would be easier if you... If, mm, if I wasn't making daily decisions. Right, exactly. Smaller. That's an interesting theory. Um, okay, so this next one is in a Zoya chapter. Okay. And um 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 let me again do As a quick side thing. note, did you notice how they each had their own little design when it was their chapter? What? I did it! <laughs> <laughs> Hold on! Hold on! So like Zoya had a little um like wind, Oh my gosh! Like a little wind thing. Yes. Nina has a heart, and then Nikolai I think is a steak. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. I did not notice that at all. <laughs> um, yeah, like, Zoya has, like, a little whirlwind. Yes, you're right. Okay, so in this chapter, she is worrying about some of her fears. And my favorite quote from this section is she's remembering what her aunt had told her a while ago and it is fear is the phoenix you can watch it burn a thousand times and still it will return mm-hmm. and I was just like because oh. if you don't tend to it <laughs> yeah if you don't tend to your garden of weeds yeah fear weeds then <laughs> yeah, fear weeds oh I'm so sorry Nikolai's chapter is oh. the double eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Lansoft. Right. Double eagle. Duh. How could we... I thought a steak would be weird, but yeah, yeah. we got there. Um, oh, excuse me. Okay, so this one is Nikolai and Soya um, have been traveling together. He had to talk to one of his dukes or something to try to negotiate what he's looking for in terms yeah, of like yeah, yeah. economic reforms and things like that. Um, is is it the part where they're talk- he has to try to convince him to build a factory? Um, I forget. There's something of... Yeah, I don't remember exactly okay. what he's trying to change in terms of Oh, he's trying to get more cotton farming, I believe, or something. But anyways, um, he and Zoya were then talking about how he was able to convince this duke after, like, just one evening to agree to his philosophies and changes. And um, so in that, they're talking about, like, his economic views and trying to bring prosperity and progress to his country and he says progress is a river it cannot be pulled back once it leaps its banks mm-hmm. and i was just like oh what a- again like basically all of these are like really cool ways <laughs> to think to about think things, about things mm-hmm. that i without reading this like that would not have crossed my mind yeah kind of thing. absolutely um bear with me there's still more i think we've only made it halfway through <laughs> 
Um, it's fine. Uh, That's okay. I'm just. How many times have I had an innumerably large? Yeah, yeah. Number so of we're just quotes? switching places today. Yeah, that's fine. Because um, guess what? We can do whatever we want. This is our podcast. So true. Okay, so this is where they've encountered Yuri. This like oh, fucking fan- Yuri, freaking darkling fanatic. Um, and they literally should have just killed him. I know. God, mm, there's so much about that. <laughs> <laughs> ah. We can talk about that more later, though. Right. So, um, Nikolai, it's a Nikolai chapter, and they, both he and Zoya, are just basically getting, like, super frustrated (laughs) in trying to talk to Yuri and figuring out, like, what motivates him and why he's not, like, listening and understanding to their viewpoints, and, um, he is thinking about how he should maybe try to approach speaking to Yuri in a different way. Um, and he thinks, wasn't speaking the truth supposed to be freeing some kind of tonic for the soul? In Nikolai's experience, honesty was much like herbal tea. Something well-meaning people recommended when they were out of better options. I love that. I know. It's I just like such a Nikolai, like where you get a little bit of humor, but also it's like very deep at the same time mm-hmm. and makes you again, like think about something in a different way. Um, oh, our Nikolai. Mm-hmm. Okay. This next one. Oh, hey, look at that. It's Yuri, Zoya, and Nikolai again. Um, <laughs> oh, those, those oh, little those ones. crazy cats. So this is once they're stuck with um, the saints in whatever that world yeah. is on the fold. Um, and I cannot wait to talk about that. <laughs> right? Let's see. Oh, okay. And so this is, I think, actually a Zoya chapter. And, um, Again, they're discussing the Darkling, and Yuri's like, oh, he's so great. And how Zoya had been, you know, a follower of his, and yeah, how she's seen the light. Yeah, seen the light <laughs> and just, like, paying for you her. You didn't even get my pun. Past mistakes. Get it, Do you Alina? see I'm smiling over Blah. here? <laughs> <laughs> um, and... So Yuri mentions that, like, Zoya was one of his chosen ones, and she thinks um, that she really doesn't like to discuss that, you know, part of her life. She liked to burn her past like the fuse on a stick of dynamite. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a great way to think about your past problems. Like, don't (laughs) deal with them, just... But what happens? But what happens? But, like, it's so relatable because that's... Totally what I do. Like, oh, I don't want to think about that. That was terrible. Yes, let's just burn it up to ashes. And Well, I'm just, I was just going to say, though, but what happens when the fuse at the end of dynamite ends? It explodes. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. I also have a tendency to do that. But that's what I love about that quote is, like, she likes to burn it, like, the end. And then sort of what happens at the end of the book. Like, it... it mm-hmm. 
cross catches up to her. Yeah. Yes. So true. Um, two more left, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying this. I'm like, ooh. Okay, so this is a Nikolai chapter. Okay. And um. Okay, and they're about to attend the, like, ceremony where Nikolai is supposed to try to get yeah. himself out, like, and the monster detached from each other and everything. Um, so it's actually the opening couple sentences of the chapter. They waited beneath a flat gray sky. It might have been dawn. It might have been dusk. Magical things happened at the in-between times. Hmm. I love that. I know, me too. Mm-hmm. It was just... I love that too because if you think about like, um, even in our world, like the real world, you know, like people who um, in past times really celebrated like Beltane and Samhain and, you know, the in-between times and especially, mm-hmm. especially Samhain, I guess is technically how it's supposed to be pronounced. Um Right, because that's the time that the veils between the worlds are the thinnest. Oh, yes. It's Halloween is what Mm -hmm. we call it these days. But um, I love that. Yeah, me too. There's magic in the in-between time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, So my final one is when Zoya has to kill Juris. Mm -hmm. um, And... She's basically like, don't leave me. Like, I can't do this. Like, what you're trying to get me to do with my magic, like, I can't do it. And he says to her, stop punishing yourself for being someone with a heart. You cannot protect yourself from suffering. To live is to grieve. You are not protecting yourself by shutting yourself off from the world. You are limiting yourself, just Mm -hmm. as you did with your training. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's a he's like it's like he's like an immortal being who has parting wisdom that I was like, Oh god (laughs) Zoya, that's exactly me. Like (laughs) You're like I needed to hear that. You're like I wasn't reading this book to have myself be attacked. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's the best though in books, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's really uncomfortable, but Sometimes it's the best. It was definitely one of those moments where I was like, oh, maybe I need to re-examine my entire existence. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, um... I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, okay. But that's okay. <laughs> I can't really help you because all I am working off of is two words that mean basically nothing. So. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So, when you... When you... When I... When... Oh, my God. <laughs> when the book started and we were in um, Dima's chapter, right? At first, I was like, what the frick frack is going on? Oh, my gosh. Me, too. I was so confused. I was like, why are we on a goose farm? But, okay, whatever. Um, And then when he, oh, my God, when he went out by himself, I was oh, like. Oh, I was freaking out. I was out. like, he is going to get 
killed. He is gonna, right? And then he mentions the dog, and I'm like, if this dog is dead, I was like, I am eight pages in, I will walk away from this book. <laughs> I was like, I will call Alex, and I'll be like, nope. Nope, we can't read this, sorry. <laughs> um, I was so ready for that dog to be dead, and I'm so glad that it wasn't, but like... <sighs> yeah, but when did you realize that it was Nikolai? Um... Pretty much as soon as he saw, as soon as Dima saw it. Right. And it didn't, like, just flat out attack him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so, but then, did you think it was a flashback? Or did you think it was, like, a, in the time frame of this book? I think I was just so confused by, like, the setting and what was happening and the fact that, like, we hadn't gotten any sense that he still had any issues with the demon right. in the previous duology because we see Nikolai there. Right. So I was just, like, so confused. Yeah. That I don't even know that it, like, crossed my mind that it could have been a flashback. Yeah. So what I so I was having trouble because, like, before he goes out to the barn, his parents are talking about Nikolai. But it seems like in a time that he'd been king for a long time. And I was sort of forgetting that he was king for about two years by the time we see him in um, Crooked Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then also it's been a year, give or take. Right. Um, so it, like he's been king for not a huge amount of time, but a, a chunk of time mm-hmm. at least. So that part threw me off for a second because I was like, how... I was like, where am I in this, like, thing? And then um, I was like, he, um, when I realized that it was him and it was sort of the present time of this book and it wasn't a flashback, I was, I felt like such an idiot. I was like, I just assumed that he had been fully healed at the end of that Me book. Me too. Um, or as fully healed as he could be. Um, and then I had the most heartbreaking thought. I don't know if you had this thought or not, but I was like, can you imagine? So it sounds like he was probably asleep, but can you imagine the fear he felt when he at least discovered that he had turned back into like, can you imagine that though? Thinking you're free, thinking you've been healed of it. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm sure he probably did. And yeah. then waking up the first time after that it had happened and like I was like oh Nikolai I know and then you find out that this has only been happening for the past like six months or so like it came out of the blue like right he had that instance where the darkling turned him into this monster Mm -hmm. and that is who he was like there was no separation between him and that being and then he got turned back into a human and he just had like some black scars on his hands but yeah basically you think he's back to normal or as he just has the scars of knowing what he did when he was that you know other not fully himself and then you'd find out that oh years have passed and the monster's back yeah and you're like well so is he back sometimes and why like how basically who what where when why how right was i was like trying to wrap my head around this um and so you don't find out until much later that it's 
um, tied to these like miracles and I'm mm-hmm. putting that in air quotes because they have actually been created by the saints who are trapped in the fold and, and who most of want to just be done with it. Right. Uh, Freaking Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, and so basically they have like, I don't know. I couldn't tell because Elizabetta was saying to him that like his power or his like monster reawakening kind of aligned with like Jerda Param. But I wonder if it was more she somehow was reawakening him because mm. she wanted to bring back the bring darkling back the darkling and yeah. needed to draw that monster out of yeah. him to be able to do so yeah um, i um i don't know and it's interesting because i had this thought when um the beast came out in the middle of the day when he saved zoya um and she has this moment where she goes, he almost sounded like, and she's like, no, I'm not even going to think of that. And I was like, oh my God, did he sound like the Darkling? I was like, he for sure sounded like the Darkling. But then I was like, that? Talking about the Darkling. I was like, that motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, that's what he did. He like hid part of himself in his magic, which technically he did, right? Because that's, because at the end, we've, fucking find out that he's fucking back and i'm so mad and like can i tell you (laughs) although i do wonder if that means that we're maybe going i mean i think it's probably wishful thinking i think we're done seeing them but i wonder if that means that maybe we'll see mal and alina again Mm. Um, because the darkling's back and i don't so you need like all the major players from the first series back maybe interesting i just i just don't see him returning and then not her with some sort of smoke and mirrors, you know, because, right, she doesn't have her power anymore. Right. But, like, with some sort of... I feel like even her just reappearing would be... Interesting. Okay. I don't know. It's just a, a, ting, a, a tinkling. A tingling <laughs> of my what if. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, I had this moment when she was like, oh, my God, he almost sounded like, no, I'm not going to think about that. And I was like, that motherfucker. <laughs> like and and then I was like plus Ellen you're such a dummy for thinking because how many times did he tell Alina in that first series I know more about magic than anybody will ever know and like even when she killed him I did have this moment where I was like that seemed really I mean it wasn't like really easy but I was like but that seemed too easy I had the same exact moment where I questioned it for a second and then I was like you know what no, for my own sanity, I can't question but this. I was, like, and, has to I, and I was like, no, because it's the end of the trilogy, right? And I knew that the at least the next duology, while in the same world, was not directly tied to it. So in my head, I was like, no, it's just she did it. And then of course we get to this, and I'm like, it was too easy. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. So. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have a lot of. I have a lot feelings. of feelings. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like of course they did that. Elizabetta did like the exact same thing that they did with um, Alina of yeah. like choosing someone as soon else. As, as soon as Zoya was like to 
I wonder if they did the same thing. And I was like, of course they did. <laughs> like, I was like, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know how to fathom that the Darkling is back. And he's back in a combination of Yuri's body and as the monster in Nikolai. I know. Right. So he's back and and inside Nikolai. That doesn't seem like a great recipe. And the Fjordans are invading. And there's this big murder. And Nina yeah. is uncovering a whole lot of shit. Like, yeah, right? I'm like, like <laughs> oh my god, there's so much to talk about in Fjorda. Oh, so I'm much. Just, that's what I mean, though. Like, <laughs> the last 150 pages, when you think something, one big thing is going to happen, and then she's like, bam, 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 and I'm like, no! <laughs> the number of times, at least, especially in these books, that I have at least one note clear, close to the end of what the actual fuck is going on. Um, All of them. I have at least one note, if not more, where I'm like, what's happening? (sighs) (laughs) So, I am really kind of feeling this Nikolai and Zoya dynamic. Okay, so... Mm. You don't like I really it? wanted to ask you about that because I'm waffling. Okay. Like, I'm not... I'm not sure. Um, I think by the end of the book, I, I'm a little bit more secure mm-hmm. in my feelings. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. That I, I would like them together. Um, but... In the beginning of the book, like, I still didn't really like Zoya, mm-hmm. and I was like, she's not even close to being good enough for him. Like, she's just too hard and harsh and closed off, and he's just so, like, vivacious and full of life and, like, needs yeah. someone not necessarily more like him, but not like her okay. is basically what where I was at. So I... But then at the same time, there's, like, these little moments yeah. where I'm like questioning that <laughs> previous feeling that I had. But also I think it's good. Um, I mean, of course it's good to find somebody who's like you in a relationship, but I think especially in a position of power, he is too, he's brilliant. He's a, I think he's probably a great leader. You know, I, I don't have any doubt about that. Um, but I think he is a little too soft hearted to be, Mm. a good ruler and so I think someone like Zoya especially because he's a king would be a good interesting you don't think she fills that role as his general well no no I'm just saying like if they were to get together yes I think she fills that role as his general but like if they were to actually get together I see that's why I mean there's many other reasons that I think it too um, but that's why I could, even at the beginning, I could see it working. Um, I just also loved their banter back and forth. I'm a sucker for banter. Uh, but the moment that really sealed the deal about how sort of ready I was for it is when they were both like working on stuff together. And I think Nikolai notes how easy it is just to be around her and mm-hmm. like just be with each other, like just in the same room. Um, and how 
that'll probably change when he finds himself a wife. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and then he gets freaking engaged at the end of the book <laughs> as I'm finally invested in them being together. Like, I finally made up my mind that I want that to happen. And then oh, Lee Bardugo is just like, nope. He's getting engaged after all. Even, like, literally, after so much shit hits the fan, I'm like, there's no way that he, like, his engagement is even something that is, like, in the forefront of any of their minds. Like, they've just, um, like, killed multiple saints, like, almost died. They're, um, like, imposter Nikolai was just killed. Right. And, like... They have all of these, like, international repercussions and, you know, other things to think about. And then you find out that Nikolai, of course, is thinking about... Can oh, I tell nope. you? Still have to be engaged because... Oh, I forgot all about that because of all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, at the very end yeah. of the book. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, no! Yeah. So... That was definitely upsetting. Yeah. Absolutely. Do we think it's going to stay, though? Like... I don't know. I don't know. Like, can you back out of being engaged to a princess of a country that, like, you're concerned about not having good relationship with unless you marry one of the princesses? I don't know. Yeah. So... Um, let's talk about, hmm, I'm just looking at my notes because, um, his betrothal is obviously at the very end of the book. And I think it's, yeah, I think it was like a one-two punch of you find out that he is still betrothed or that he is now betrothed to this princess and then you see that Yuri is with them and you finally get the reveal that his eyes are the Darkling's eyes and that he's the Darkling and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then scene. <laughs> like, book ends and you're like, what? Yeah. Um, so definitely a great way to get people to start reading the next book. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> but what did you want to talk about? Oh, so much. <laughs> um, I just, I kind of just wanted to talk about Isaac. Like, mm-hmm. there was a part when he was first like talking to Ari. Um. Who we find out isn't Airy, right? Um, but um, there was a moment when I was like, "Oh, is this gonna be like a situation where like, like Mulan two? Like, I don't know if you ever saw that, but like, I, think I have, but I'm not remembering like, it very well. So Mulan gets hired to transport these three princesses to the new kingdom where they're gonna marry three princes, and it's gonna be the union of the two kingdoms. Mm. But then she brings with her her three. Um, doofus friends <laughs> um, and Shang, of course. But she brings the her, you know. Um, I don't think I've seen this. What? I but know. she well, shoot. Can I spoil it for you? Sure. Okay. So she brings what is it? Chan Po, Ling, and Yao. Mm-hmm. Yes, she brings them all with her, 
And through the course of their traveling together, the princesses fall in love with the three doofuses, um, lovable doofuses. And so by the time they get there, they're going to get married, but then they're like, I, we can't do it. Like, we can't do it. And so then Mulan, like, is going to give herself instead because she thinks Shang is dead, but he's not dead. So thankfully, everything's fine in the end. But that's sort of what I was seeing here. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, and I, that's how I thought that was going to get fucked up. Not <laughs> assassination was nowhere on my <laughs> was nowhere on But you thought that radar. they were going to fall in love. Right. And then he and was going to reveal to her that he wasn't the real mm-hmm. Nikolai. And then she was going to be like, whoa. Yeah, I thought the same exact thing. Because, like, you could just tell that he was developing feelings for her. And, and, that, so and then cute. I thought it was either going to be like, she was going to be like, whoa, and she's going to run off and tell all of her people and shit was going to hit the fan because the real Nikolai wasn't there. Or she was going to be like, I love you too. And that was going to be the shit that hit, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that she wanted to marry him, not the king, the king. of Ravka. Yeah. Right. Um, so assassination was <laughs> nowhere on the JK, radar. Um, the princess isn't actually the princess. She's one of the guards who, under the queen's, yeah, the queen is having her own sister switch with one of the guards and pretend to be a guard. Um, at first I was like, well, why even bring the real princess with them if they're just passing off one of the guards as her yeah and the princess is going along with it because it's her sister's who's the i think queen's. probably to bring him with in case they need to like confirm something but right? i like, think it was more because part of the plan is to also kill her off when they're in ravka yes so um that's why they would have her. yeah so i he was such a little sweetheart like i just um i know um, I was just so sad that he ended up dead. I know. Um, and because um, I, I just I thought he was so sweet and he was so kind and gentle and and all of that. And I the the part that really got me sort of before all of this was when he's being tailored by Genya. And even though she looks the way that she does, he's kind of falling in love with her a little bit. And I was just like, you are like too pure for this world, (laughs) right? Like you're just a little too... And that should have really been my first fucking clue that he was too pure for this world. That he wouldn't be able to survive. Right. Mm, But certainly it was not. Uh Um, So I, um, I was so sad. I didn't cry, but I was like, no. Mm Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It was really sad. Wait, you didn't cry when he died? I didn't. Who even are you? I know. I think it's because even though I loved him, we didn't get a ton of time with him mm. you know like I think if I had uh, had chapters of him throughout the book I would sh- for sure have died but we only got four or five chapters with you know like mm-hmm. um right he, we were introduced to him part way through yeah the plot like I think I just needed a smidge more time to yeah well that and we've known all of the other characters already yeah. in other books exactly too. exactly um, 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm so... I'm still surprised that you didn't cry about that. <laughs> I, I definitely felt it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, you know... Gotcha. Yeah. Um, can we jump over to Fyrda for a bit? Like, physically? <laughs> uh, no, in our conversation. Yes, of course um, we can. And talk about how freaking sad that was to read about Nina. That first chapter, I literally... I, I think you told me this before I started reading it, and you were like, you should start reading it now because I think you're going to want to... I did. I was like, I read that chapter. I sobbed through the entire chapter. And then I was like, I was especially with, I was like, if this is what the rest of her point of views are going to be like, I'm not going to be able to do, like, I won't be able to finish this book. Like I, yeah, it was so heartbreaking because she's talking to Matthias in her head and just having all of these conversations. And she like has his, like voice and perspective down so it's like as if he's really there and like and at first you can't figure out if because of her new powers she is actually talking to him especially since you find out that she's been hearing other voices of right other exactly dead too i even have a note in here mm-hmm. i was like Wait, like is, is she, she really talking yes to i know like, i was so confused about that too and then it turns out that no she was just like talking to him in yeah. her head versus like actually talking to like his soul or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was really sad. And then I have to say I was kind of disappointed in her interactions with his wolf because first of all, it was super exciting that to see him. Yeah, to yeah. see him. And the fact that he saved her. Yeah. But then once that happened it like got into my head that they were gonna be become a pair and like work together. Well, we're, and... we're only in book one. <laughs> <sighs> that is true. Okay, so that is one of my hopes for book two. Okay. Is that somehow because what is book two called? Mm-hmm. But actually, I have a whole different theory that I really hope is wrong because Uh-oh. I don't want to live in a world where my theory is accurate. Uh-oh. But okay. I was thinking, so right, this one is called King of Scars, uh-huh. mostly about Nikolai and adjacent. Mm-hmm. And um, we learn close to the end, right, that the Fjordans are mounting an attack with literally his actual father. Um, mm-hmm. And this Lantzoff cousin and I have this horrible I hope I'm not right feeling because the second one is called Rule of Wolves and Fyrda is all about wolves oh that it's that, been, that they're gonna take over Ravka yeah Ooh. or really or if they don't take over like really fuck shit up you know like cause they're breeding uh, I got so sick to my stomach when she found those people, those mm-hmm, women. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... I know. Because they're, I don't know, breeding a... a and breeding that was, drugged Grisha, basically. Yeah. Right. And, like, how I don't know how they think they're going to keep them alive long enough to reach adulthood, but... Because um, that's the thing, right? Is that it's so addictive that they, but maybe because it's an injection and it's like they're taking it a different way. Like maybe they've figured out a way yeah. to dilute it just enough that they can get them hooked right. without killing them. I don't know. But I'm like, 
But then it also, I had that moment where I was like, Matthias, like you have too much faith in the higher ups of your country. I think he's right about the people. Mm-hmm. Like, like we see at the end, how right. so quickly they were ready to accept them as saints. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I honestly feel like there's no hope for any of the higher ups. Well, especially when we freaking learn <laughs> who Hannah's father oh is. Oh my god, did oh, you see that thing? No clue. <laughs> None I whatsoever. Know. Oh my gosh. That just I literally I literally like jaw dropped like if it would have been a cartoon, it would have like hit the floor, you know, like Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh god. Yeah, that that was was that the biggest? I don't know if it was the biggest surprise because there were a couple of doozies in this book, but it was definitely one up. Yeah, I did the biggest ones. Not see that coming at all. Uh, uh-uh. not at all. Oh god. Um. Also, do we think that? Are you pronouncing her name Leone? That's Leone? I've, I've been saying Leone. I think. Okay, is she? The little girl that Jesper's mom saved and then died from. <gasps> oh, I didn't even you think didn't. about that. <gasps> yeah, because there's like a the little time bit of her backstory is that like she had gotten, I don't remember exactly what details we get. But it was something to the effect of like she had been really sick, and someone had like. I never even thought of that. That seems that seems plausible. Yeah. Whoa. I know. So I don't know if it's if that is correct, um, and if we can verify it in any way. But I'm I'm just let's say it's fact. (laughs) I mean, maybe it will be verified for us later. But I um. Yeah, I never thought of that. <sighs> yeah, but then I was really concerned um, at the end of the book when she was taking the poison out of the water because I was just thinking like, oh my God, that's how his mom died, taking the poison out of you yeah. and then not doing a good enough job filtering it out of herself. And I was like I was glad to see. I was out. glad to see that she wasn't taking it into herself and she was just bringing it into the air and then Adric was able to... Yeah it into the um is that is that how he did that <laughs> well he used a wind <laughs> to put it into the guard the empty guard house yeah i i don't think i really thought that through the fact that she wasn't pulling it into herself she was pulling it into the air right but to me i was just like she's pulling out poison oh my god she's gonna die well i mean she had already almost died from doing basically that so um yeah, I, um, but, like, I was, when they first got up onto that mountain, and Nina, I'm jumping back now, in case you couldn't tell, uh-huh. um, and Nina was, um, uh, when they first went up there, and she realized that there were graves on there, right? Um, I assumed they were Grisha, Okay. Just because they weren't in a 
Because if they were Fjordan, then like just non-Grisha Fjordan, I would imagine that they would be in some sort of graveyard, right? Like there would be markers and, um, or, or they bury them in the ice. I don't remember, but like th- they have a different burying ritual for right the people, quote unquote, in mm. in their country. Um, so I assumed that they were Grisha that had been. I don't know if I made that assumption. Killed off, but like. Never in a million years would I have guessed what it actually was. Like, yeah. it's so horrifying. Yeah. And I just like, like I just, I when I first read that, I like when she discovered the room, and like I was just, and I don't get queasy very often. Mm. But, like, and then, like, the part that I was telling you that was sort of my favorite part of when she was giving, like, she was letting them speak through her. And mm-hmm. um, I just sobbed, like, because it's just horrifying. Uh-huh. But, like, especially the one with the girl who knew she couldn't carry a baby to full term. And yet they, oh god, that was so like, bad. over and over and over again. And she named each of them. And, mm-hmm. like... I just, like, I'm not, I feel like I say this a lot when we read books like this, because I'm not in actuality a super vengeful person, but like in a fantasy space where I can afford to be like, I want to kill them all because they're not real actual human beings. Like, I just, I want to, I want that whole country to burn like maybe not like the peasants but like all of the aristocrats and higher like off with their heads (laughs) revolution (laughs) like i just i find it interesting that you're bloodthirsty in books (laughs) yeah i think it's because i can sort of sink into the the fantasy of it and Mm -hmm. and Maybe I'm a little bloodthirsty in real life and I don't know how to actually, like, let that out. Uh, that doesn't feel accurate, but <laughs> it makes me feel a little bit I better. I don't think that's accurate. Yeah, like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I get, I think I just get wrapped up in the in the politics of it. And I know that there's not an actual real world consequence to being bloodthirsty if I can do it on behalf of fictional characters. Uh, uh-huh. Um, or I can say things like they should have just killed him because I have no, I'll have no moral issues with it because I won't actually be, you know, right. like supporting somebody being killed or whatever. But um, I just, I kind of hit my wall with, you know, like, because at the end of the first book, I was sort of game for her to go in and try to show them the light and... Oh, you mean at the end of the previous duology? Yes. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Right? Because that was sort of his... Matthias's last request of her was to mm-hmm. go back to Fyrda and, and teach them like she had taught him. And I was game for that. I was like, great. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm like, no, they don't deserve it. Like, because as they pointed out, that's definitely not the only one. Right? Like, it's happening all over Fyrda. Mm-hmm. Um... And, like, it's horrific. 
Because, like, I thought the um, Kierkegaard, I don't know how to pronounce, um, that the shoe Mm, wood making, like, mm -hmm, these, mm -hmm. I thought that was, but at least, but at least, at least they were maybe volunteers. Yeah, like there's there's maybe a case to be made that at least some of them were volunteers Mm -hmm. and like it's still horrific and awful but like none of those women and girls were volunteering for that shit right they're being kidnapped and raped and repeatedly like impregnated and drugged and and and, like no nope I'm done (laughs) Um, how did you feel about it (laughs) yeah I mean it was horrifying yeah Um, I think I shouldn't have been so surprised by it based on what we know of the higher ups in Fierda from the previous duology in that even though they claimed to the other Druskill that they killed off Grisha, they actually don't kill them off and they were experimenting on them. Or at least they don't kill off all of them. Right. Um, I think the only thing is, is it seems so much more, it's horrific in any part of them capturing them and testing on them, but it just seems like such an even further horrific step oh absolutely you know i'm trying to make you feel better about not like why were you surprised like Mm. you know it just gotcha i don't know if it does make you feel any better or not but Mm. yeah it's just pretty pretty i'm ready for y'all broom to be dead i don't i don't care you don't care that he's hana's father and that she i still loves him i understand but like well, I don't, I mean, she still at least understands that he's her father. And I think more than anything, especially after she realizes that he knew about that, um, at least I'm hoping mm-hmm. that more than anything, she realizes that she can't live with herself if she's the reason her father dies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's not love, like, maybe it's love, you know, because, you know he is her father but like maybe it's um more along the lines of she couldn't live with herself if she could have stopped her father's death and didn't Mm. and that's what i'm hoping is the case because i like her a lot and i don't want to start hating her but i will if she sides with her father against nina Mm. like i just because yeah there's nothing redeemable in him and it sucks that he's her dad, but because he's not a real person. <laughs> Come on! I want him dead! <laughs> and I can say that I don't care about her feelings because as much as I would love for some of these characters to be real, they're not. Mm-hmm. Or so I've been told. I don't know. <laughs> um, that is very true. Yeah. I do. I hope we see more of Trassel. I was just thinking about what you were saying about me our little wolfy friend you know i love i did like that he had his people or his wolves with i him. know and he was like herding them away from the poisoned yes. water to try mm-hmm. to take care of them i know it's 
so cute. Yeah. As, he, as he's this giant white wolf. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, no, baby. I, I know. Pet you. I <laughs> right, right? The giant white wolf that even as a small puppy maimed Matthias. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so do you think we're such dog people that we're like oh, <laughs> it's fine so, um, so do you think that he um, how not do you think how long do you think because right Nina keeps talking about how she, there were so many different times that she could have buried Matthias and she could have put him to rest but she couldn't bring herself to do it mm-hmm. until this book until we see her do it. Uh-huh. Um, how long do you think he was tracking? Because I think he, I don't think he, you know, he found Matthias, right? Like he. Oh, that's why he was there? You think he that's, was tracking his body? Yeah. Oh. Right? Because they talk about how unique their bond is. And I think that even just bringing him, like. Because I just Back assumed it was, like, coincidental that he had mm. been left in, you know, they just let him loose and... But they, but Matthias talks about how they take them really far north when uh, they, um, when they I like release the thought them. of him finding him and yeah. being so my, with him when he gets buried. My theory had been that he... Because I think their connection is a little magical, even though they won't, of course, ad- admit that, right? But I think my theory is that he, when they went to the Ice Palace in um, Six of Crows, his spidey sense was like, Matthias, right? <laughs> and then he, but he, then he like started his journey and then they were gone and then she returned with his body but then kept moving relatively quickly. And so my theory was that he, like them being there in Six of Crows, like started his journey and then he came to find him to be, yeah. I love that. I could be just totally like wishful thinking, Uh but that was sort of my thought process. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think we should go with it. Okay. Yeah. I'm game. (laughs) Um, so I know in the past you've talked about how you don't always love multiple points of views. And, um, in, especially in Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom, it was, they were doing, I would say more Six of Crows than Crooked Kingdom, because I think that one jumped a little bit more. Uh, but they did such a good job of, even though they were picking up in a new point of view, it was the same part of the story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, how did you feel with this one? Because this was a lot of jumping. Yeah, this was, it was. Um, definitely had more of an issue with this book than those. Um, not that I don't like different points of view, because I do. But yeah, there were there are, were a couple of points in the book where I was just getting a little antsy about sure. needing to know what was happening with, somebody with else. someone else. Yeah. yeah, because it is such a jump around. Yeah, like what's happening. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because it was definitely something that I noticed, especially in comparison to the previous duology where it was a much easier read I think um 
because yeah. it, the same action was occurring. Right. They were just, because the characters were all together. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of nice. Yes, it was. I agree. Um, I agree with I, that. I, uh, I liked it. <laughs> um, I, um, Sorry, I was just looking at my notes, and I just have a note that says donkey scene, LOL. And now I'm like, um, what the hell am I talking about here? I, I'm not sure. But while you're trying to figure that out... <gasps> oh. Oh, you remember? What yes. Was it? Um, so it's Isaac teaching Nikolai um, Zemeni. And he says, Kavanenye. Okay, uh-huh. That's definitely how you pronounce it. Mm, mm-hmm. And um, he, had, it said he had discovered the guard's gift for languages during his service as Helmhand, at Helmhand, and encouraged Isaac to foster those talents. Isaac bowed slightly. Your accent is coming along nicely, Your Majesty. Don't coddle me, Isaac, which I love. Um, and the guard clears his throat. <laughs> well, the Zemeni word for day is Khan, not Kav. Unless you meant to ask how my donkey is doing. (laughs) To which our lovely Nikolai responds, I wish your donkey well, but you should always feel free to correct me when I make mistakes. Um, So. That is really cute. That's the donkey scene. (laughs) I just love that he just rolls with it. He's like, well, of course. I wish your donkey well. Right. However, you can correct me when I'm making an ass of myself. Mm -hmm. Get it. Okay. That's, that was a good one. Thanks. Um, So one thing I wanted to bring up before we really jump back into other parts of the story, Nikolai, yeah, yeah. is um, a thought that I had that did not turn out to be true. But I had wondered if somehow Nina was going to be critical in Nikolai recovering because mm-hmm. both of their magic was not like true Grisha magic. Yeah. Like it had both both of them were yeah. like altered. I had that thought too. Um, yeah. That and I was almost But who's to say that that's not true yet. Oh I guess that's yeah, because he still hasn't gotten rid of the demon. Yeah. Interesting. Um I also was hoping for a romance between them. A I know, bit. I was too and I think I put uh, that I think I planted uh, that seed in your head. Yeah, I'm sorry about I that. Know. Because, like, she deserves someone like him. Um, but now I'm kind of... I, I want Zoya and Nikolai to be together. Plus, I think... I don't... I don't... I don't know. But I'm seeing a little Nina and Hana. Like... Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Okay. Okay. I could see it. Like, sure. Unless Hana betrays us. Right. Then... <laughs> Then Nina deserves someone else. But, um... Yeah. So, I'll be interested to see maybe where that goes. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's definitely an intriguing one. Um, Okay, so I wanted to say that maybe, maybe it is possible in the next book, but it didn't happen in this one. Um... But I also wanted to talk about, now that we're, like, back to talking about Nikolai, mm-hmm. about learning... Oh, my God. How many times can I say about? <laughs> about, 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 Learning about, about his childhood oh, and, like, why his he is boy. so good at 
playing all of these different characters and roles and things like that because heartbreaking uh, yeah yeah I just but also like him as a little boy so freaking cute Can but like imagine? also a bit of a terror but Can, like in right. the best way um <laughs> he's too smart right? yeah like mm-hmm. the yeah learning about what his parents did to oh god it was so I mean clearly effective because they knew that he cared about other people you know because like I think about if they would have if for some reason um Vasily Vasily how are you supposed to pronounce his name if he had been awful to other people I don't think a whipping boy would have been the right move for him right right um so unfortunately very effective um but and then but then him being so close to them and then like when they found out that he was sneaking out to oh just <laughs> and then holding him in his arms while he died and I was just like oh my god I know no. <sighs> I just want to read a book where where everybody's happy nobody has a tragic backstory right? <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> But maybe they all team up and solve a murder, but like it's not any of them, mm-hmm. you know. Like, yeah, unfortunately, that's not how life works. Because even though someone's, there are some people who you're like, oh, they can have no problems. Their life looks so sunny and perfect, right? That's not actually the case. Like, there always is something that yeah. someone has struggled with or is struggling with. Okay. I just had a yes you're correct to clarify why I was mumbling over here I just had a moment where I had forgotten that his whipping boy had been named Dominic and then I remembered that this Lantzoff cousin had a D name and so for a split second I was like ah but it's okay it's not it's not not. because it's Dominic and then Demidov is the Mm, one and so mm -hmm. but for a split second I was like whoa (laughs) um I know, yeah. Um. But did you like the little part where they were talking, when they branched, when Nikolai and Zoya and Yuri branched off to go into the fold, and they sent their party on to Karim's in, and then it, it was like a brief mention, it was like, it'll be, um, they'll be met by the couple who ran the orphanage who will keep the crown secrets, and I was like, hi guys! <laughs> Like you're like, can we can we go with the group that they're sending there yeah, to go right? see them, please? They're probably gonna have fun. Like they'll probably yeah. just play with kids, eat some food. <laughs> right? That's what we want to read about. Yeah. Not the creepy saints and Yuri. their betrayal and But not their betrayal. Sorry, her, betrayal. her betrayal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is very true. Women. <laughs> We're all so terrible. Can't be trusted. <laughs> um, that was painful to say, like, even in a joke. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Forget we said that. Yeah. Right. Um, women support women. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Name the monster Maribel. Sorry, I'm just... What? <sighs> You know, I try to write not just the page number, so I just, like, write little, and sometimes it's helpful, and sometimes I'm like, 
So I just have a note that says, name the monster Maribel. And I'm sure it's something Nikolai says. Um, oh, I mean, he always, yeah, he always makes quips. Like, yeah. Um, oh, he, so they're talking about the thing getting stronger. And um, David calls it a presence. And then Tolia calls it an abomination. And then um, <laughs> Nikolai says, are we calling it a presence now? I preferred monster or demon. Even fiend has a nice ring to it. And then he has a thought to himself, the monster is me and I am the monster. Um, and if Nikolai didn't laugh at it, he was fairly sure he'd go mad. And then Zoya comes in with her quip. We can name it Maribel if it suits you, but it doesn't matter what we call it, only what it can do. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's great. I kind of like the idea of naming it. I like the... <laughs> Like a cute... Maribel the monster. Yeah, like flowery name for this creepy demon thing. Yeah. Um, do you think it's weird for them? So, like, we have that point part that I was part in... <clears throat> that was part of my favorite... One of my quotes about how Zoya liked seeing Alina up there. But, like, it must be so weird for all of them who knew her to see her on chapels and in posters and in mm-hmm. posters murals is what I meant to say um, but like yeah. but I bet it's even weirder for her to be like oh hey <laughs> right like did she change her name or does she still go by Alina is her hair still white or did they, they dye, dye it, it or something yeah I would imagine she goes by something else cause that yeah. name seems a little like it would stick out Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Okay. There was one last thing that I forgot to talk about when we were talking about um, Nina. Okay. And I'm going to try to talk about it without crying. Oh, okay. But it's when she... It's already... I can already feel the prickle. You know, like, right before you cry, like, your eyes... Yes. Yeah, I like, can feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's burying Matthias, and she sprinkles her toffees on... Oh. Yeah. I know. I was like, no. Um, Plus, I think I was a little bit holding out hope, even though, like, she knew that it was the wrong thing to do at the end of the second book. I think I was still a tiny bit holding on to the hope that, like, because she hadn't buried him yet, like, she was going to bring, like, find a way to bring him back. Oh. Um... And even, like, as I was holding out of the hope, I was like, no, that's, of course, not what's going to happen. But, like, part of me was like, but what if it is? Yeah, no, we didn't get to bring Matthias back. We just had to bring back the freaking dark. I know, right? <laughs> Can we take a vote? Because <laughs> I would rather Matthias be back. Just saying. Right. Um, but I just... Um, so annoying. Yeah. How... Freaking excited were you when you found out that not only are Genya and David married, but Nadia and Tamar are also married. I know. Oh. I thought that was so cute. I know. I literally have, it's the exact same note. It goes, ah, Genya and David are married. And then literally 30 pages later, because I write the page numbers, 147, and then on 177, ah, Tamar and Nadia are married. <laughs> like, I was like, yes. I know. Oh, they're I just... so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but of course, too, it was like so casually 
just like sprinkled in there as information I know. that like I almost did a double take. I was like, wait, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> They're married? What? When? <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit like, yeah. Wait, what? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. 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 How much did you love the little nicknames that they gave each other? Uh, not they. Uh, I mean, yes, they, but I should tell you which they I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Um, Nikolai and Dominic. Like, what was it? Dominic. It started out as Dominic the Bold and Nikolai the Just. And then sometimes it was Dominic the Farter and Nikolai the Spider Squealer. (laughs) And I also just freaking love that Nikolai is scared of spiders. Like, (laughs) it lends itself to the thing. Like, I love, not that I get, I understand the fear of spiders and the fear of being underground. I totally get both of those. Um, But like, I just, it lends itself also to the same sort of side of, even huge, massive, amazing warrior Tolia has fears. And even Nikolai, this great king and leader mm-hmm. and, and privateer and scared of spiders. I <laughs> just love it. Yeah. It is pretty great. Nina running. You know, someday I'm going to really just make... Notes very clear notes that make sense and are actually helpful yeah same um, there are definitely a couple in this book where I'm sure there was something else I wanted to talk about but uh, I couldn't tell you for the life of me what it was Right. so I'm kind of impressed that you've figured out what you wanted to talk about a couple of times when your note taking hasn't been super helpful yeah um I figured it out. Okay. It's a moment that I feel like I have I have said this, I'm just positive to you multiple times. And it was just another moment where I was like really kind of identifying with Nina. Um, but she was, Hannah was sort of telling her about growing up and like she wasn't, she was, before she sort of hit puberty, she was allowed to get away with acting more like a boy and, and doing things. But as soon as she hit puberty, that's when things started getting harder and all of that stuff. And then, um, um, like she couldn't shake off wanting to be free and all of that stuff. And, and so Nina said things to herself and why should you have to? Nina thought <laughs> she didn't have any great love for horses. That part I don't identify with. Um, but then it says, and preferred not to run anywhere unless being chased, but at least she was allowed those opportunities. But like, how many times have I said to people in my lifetime, if you see me running, something is chasing me. (laughs) Like, I'm not, it's not like I'm just going for a run. Like, if you see Ellen running, also you should run. (laughs) And so to see that in there, I was like, oh, I get it, girl. I get it. Like, even now that I have this sort of newfound enjoyment for working out that I'm sort of discovering, running is still not a thing that I'm mm. like, ooh, let's try that. Yeah. I'm like, no. No, thank you. <laughs> how, about, um, how about no? Um, oh, yeah. Same no. page. Same yeah. page. Um, Spider in a suit. What? Your note literally says that? Yeah, but these are the ones where they're like little cute things that I just want to like. Oh, Like, I love it. You know, like Nina running, Mm -hmm. right? Um, 
But I just don't. I just don't know what spider in a suit means. Uh, I mean, to clarify, I do know what immediately those words mean, but in the context of the book, I don't know. Right. So they're talking with Elisa Vetta. Oh, it's sort of in their training. And he and Elisabetta is trying to, um, I think, sort of scare Nikolai in their training. Uh And he says to her, I'm fairly sure you're trying to frighten me. I'm not sure why, but may I suggest a spider wearing a suit? Ah, again, the spider fear. Right. But then Zoya says, why a suit? Why not just a spider? (laughs) And then she says... Where did he get the suit? How? Oh, no, sorry. He says, where did he get the suit? How did he fasten the buttons? What does he feel the need to dress for the... Why does he feel the need to dress for the occasion? And I just love that that's what he's worried about is... How did the spider put jacket on? Right? Yeah, he's just super adorable. Like, um... I think Elisabetta had wanted to initially train him on his own but he insisted on Zoya being there with him yeah and he was like I think he said something the effect of like well who's gonna hold my snacks if she's not there <laughs> I just love him so much I know um, he's so great but yeah the saints are definitely another instance where you're like what the fuck like my world just turned upside down mm-hmm. like first of all these beings are still in existence right they are actually grisha not saints yeah the grisha's power is actually super different than what we know it to be today because it's their understanding of their own magic has dwindled and changed over time yeah um and like constricted over Mm -hmm. time and been put into like buckets and stuff yeah um so yeah, there was so much about this book where I was like, what? What just happened? How did this happen? Excuse yeah. me? Right? Um, yeah, if you would have told me that this book would have had some of the saints in it, I would have been like, no. But of course now I'm like, whoa, <laughs> it right. did. Yeah, um, there was a dragon and now... Who doesn't love a dragon? The dragon's in Zoya, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, with the silver eyes. Oh. So I have um, just a couple things left to talk about. What about you? Um, let me... Also, I think I'm out of cute things. I should have saved at least one of them because all of mine are like notes from the end that I'm like, fucky, fuck, fuck. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Okay, definitely want to talk about that. Um, yeah, I guess mostly just like the end. Yeah. Um, well, not the full end because we kind of talked about right. that with like the betrothal and Isaac dying, but the the end of our time with the saints, I guess. Okay. Is yeah. Is what I want to talk about. So I have. 
So I had this thought when we were getting that big chunk of Zoya's past, right? Sort of um, in her, I guess I would call it her second to last interaction with Juris, right? Because, of course, the last mm-hmm. one is where she kills him. Right. Um, but she has, I think, I, f- I could be wrong, but I feel like that's the biggest chunk of, like, backstory that we get from her. And I think it was mentioned before that she was married off at, or almost married off at nine, uh-huh. but it didn't really sink into me how horrific it was until we find out that she was going to be married. Like it would have been horrific if he was twenty, but like the fact that the man was also sixty three, I wanted to puke. Like especially on top of all the things that we know are happening with the women in fear, like the Grisha yeah. women, and like I just was like, I can't. I was like, I can't. This is too much. Like I was so glad that she didn't even end up marrying him but like i just and i think i think the issue is or not the i mean yes the issue but like for me is it happens in our world you know like maybe not so much in the united states but i've heard instances of of it but like it's not something that has been eradicated from our world as a whole and mm-hmm. and like the part where the mom is talking to the aunt because the aunt right is trying to plead with her mom like don't do this she's too young and the mom's like don't worry he said he won't touch her until she has her first period and her aunt's like first of all who's gonna hold him to that promise and second of all like is that better like uh-huh. you know like because for my instance like I had my first period at nine like that I would have been old enough, like, mm-hmm. for his promise, right? Like, it's just yeah. horrifying. And exactly, who would hold him to that promise? Oh, I won't mm-hmm. touch her until she's bled. Oh, okay, creepy 63-year-old wanting to marry a 9-year-old. I totally believe you. Yeah, or, oh, waiting <laughs> until she's, what, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, yeah. somewhere Ooh. in there. Uh, so much better. You're such a saint. Let's add you to these. Right? <laughs> oh this God. chapel. I just... Um, um, but in that in that moment, she has that big memory, and then she is holding on to it so much, and she... Um, I don't remember if she has this moment or if Juris says this to her. Um, but I like had this moment where I like didn't close the book, but I like set it down and I was like, whoa, right? <laughs> right? Like, you know what I'm talking about yet. Um, um, they're talking about she's sort of he's seen her um juris he has seen sort of her background he knows you know sort of what's going on and um she's thinking about how like she didn't want to see anymore about Liliana she didn't want to relive this past right we know she likes to light up her past like the wick of the um uh dynamite and this is mm-hmm. i think this part here is sort of i think where the dynamite explodes for her because 
Um, she's thinking about all of these things. Like, we won. She's like, I fought next to Alina. The Darkling died. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And then Juris says to her, and still the wound bleeds. You will never... You, you will. You will never be truly strong until it closes. And then she says, I don't want it to heal. I need it. And oh. that moment, I was like, holy shit. Because I'm certain... I've done it in the past and probably I'm still doing it like holding on to the wound because at least the familiarity of the pain is something you know versus what happens to you once you let it go holy shit you know like yeah I had Um, (laughs) personal realization happening over here through what you're this moment where I was oh like I was like holy shit and then I was like how many times have I done that has anybody in their life done it because it's the familiarity of what you know even if it is a bleeding wound that's sucking yeah. the life out of you the fear of the unknown exactly yeah. oh shit. I know I was like holy Frick, frack, patty whack. Oh, my God. Like. Um, well, this might be a good time to get into, besides the fact that I, you just gave me a huge realization <laughs> moment, um, there was another instance towards the end of this book where I was like, whoa, I, like, very deeply connect with yeah. what is happening here. And it was when... Um, they were performing the ceremony to try to separate Nikolai and mm-hmm. his demon monster. Maribel. Whatever, yes. Maribel. <laughs> I think so, we should just refer to it as okay, Maribel. Okay, so he and Maribel are, like, conversing. Yeah. Um, he's trying to stay strong. Maribel's trying to convince him. <laughs> I love that we're doing this. <laughs> I love it. Continue. Um, and he gets to this point where he realizes that he's been blaming... Maribel for like all of these bad like what he considers bad things about himself when yeah. actually like it's him like yeah. he and the monster are like one and the same yeah. and I was just like wow yeah. like that's totally what I do instead of owning like my own faults or whatever I try to blame it on something else like oh it's my my anxiety oh it's my depression like oh xyz and well yes that is true those those are not like external things that is part of me making my decisions yeah and um having to live with the consequences of that is a lot easier when you can say that it, it's not all your fault. Right? Well, I wouldn't say depression and anxiety are your fault. Just as a quick side note, like... Right. Well, not that it's your fault, but, like, that level of separation... Sure. ...kind of um, isn't a good way to, like, at least for me to look at my own existence sure. um, and actually be able to like come to terms with like things that I struggle with sure. in terms of like how I feel about myself and yeah. you know different things like that so yeah. then when when that happened I was just like feeling that on a very personal level to yeah. um, 
because it's quite a big realization. Um, so not only was it like super dramatic, just because that was like a very dramatic scene because he's trying to deal with his demon and then you find out that Elizabeth is betraying him, but then you also found out that Yuri betrayed them too. Well, of course he did. Her and... I didn't expect, I knew he was gonna, something was gonna happen with him. I didn't quite expect that, but mm-hmm. like, I knew that he, you know, was gonna fuck something up. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm totally fine with the Darkling taking over my body. Sounds like a great idea. Did you catch the Beauty and the Beast reference? Uh, In this book? No. <laughs> Um, it's in, it's towards the end, and Isaac is Nikolai and fake Airy, but we, of course, don't know that it's fake mm-hmm. Airy. We, of course, know it's fake Nikolai, are eating. Okay. And it's talking about all the jellies that they ate, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, it says, together they endured several courses and many jellies, celebrated the solid and highly recognizable venison steak, and agreed that whatever the gray stuff was... It was delicious. And in Be Our Guest, Lumiere says, try the great stuff. It's delicious. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I did a cute little like, whoa. Oh, that's so great. I was like, I wonder if she's going to pick up on this one. Nope. (laughs) I mean, you know me in lyrics, first of all. (laughs) Also true. So there's that and the fact that I never remember references uh, so I don't know why you even thought that there was a remote possibility. Well, because that, that one was such like a, I mean, that one was just, I don't know. It just, it See, seemed, I it didn't seemed even so... know that like it was the gray stuff. Like I know it was, try the data. It's delicious, but I don't think I knew what <laughs> that he actually said. I love the idea of you just singing the song. Try the data. It's delicious. <laughs> Well, it seemed like such a smack you in the face one that I was like, she's got it for sure this time. Nope. Well, that's okay. Um, I just thought it was really cute that she snuck that in there. I love it. Um, I think it's so great. But then at the end of this chapter, mm-hmm. fake Nikolai, Isaac, um, invites Ari to meet him in the observatory during the ball. Oh. And at that point in time, I was like, I was still on the part of they're falling in love with each other. This is not going to end well. Don't do it. So I even wrote down, this doesn't seem like a good idea. Never in a million years thinking it wasn't going to be a good idea because by the end of it, he would be dead. Uh Uh-huh. Like... I know. Did you have an inkling when he was like... None. That it was not going to be a good thing for them to sneak off together? No, I was like excited for them to like have their little romance and... Got it. Like, thought they both deserved to be happy, but it turns out that she wasn't actually the princess, and she was totally faking everything, and mm-hmm. was an assassin, and... And then it was so interesting to get that first glimpse of her going for Nikolai, or for Isaac, from Nikolai's point of view, mm-hmm. right? To be like, oh, look at that couple. Oh, he looks like me. Why does she have a knife? Like... And, uh-huh. then, and, and then to us, we're like, what? Oh, why does he look like you? Because that's Isaac. And then he says, like, why does she have a knife? And I was like, wait, what? Right? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Why does she have a knife? I know. It was so great <laughs> to see that scene through his perspective. Like, that was yeah. a genius idea. Especially first, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then we get the, the more details later. But I was like, 
wait, she was going to kill Nikolai? And then, of course, we jump into Isaac's point of view. And then, like, he kill- she kills him. And then, like, as he's dying, he sees her turn it on herself. Uh-huh. And then I was like, what the actual? That's what I, I, wrote, I wrote down. I was like, what the actual fuck is happening? I was like, I said, at least right. once. At the like, end of- why would this? First of all, why would this princess want to kill him? Okay, you can kind of see it, like... Yeah. Uh, underhanded like spy tactics yeah. whatever assassinations are things that happen but then why would she as a princess my only thought was that like she had been sent in by her sister and like it was her duty and her honor to like kill him and and then instead of being interrogated she would oh like kill herself okay was my, had been my thought hmm. um, I don't see that definitely was not Let's frame the Fjordans. Mm-hmm. Um, also a good idea, though. Yes, but that was not what I thought was going to yeah, happen. Political intrigue is not my forte. God, I would be the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we've already established that neither of us right? have that as our calling. That's okay. Yes. I don't have any interest to be. And then just, I think we've... At least on my end, talked about everything that I wanted to talk about at the end. Yeah, I agree. I think we have as well. And just, I'm very excited for the next book. It's going to be good. Me too. It'll be grand. What is that? Oh, I was just, I don't know. It looks like something I can take out. I'm nervous. Unfold poster for exclusive map. Okay. Whoa, you got an exclusive map? Where did you buy this book? I don't know. Uh, Probably Barnes & Noble. Is it not? Oh, this just is it just this part that rips? Okay, so good, so it can stay part of the. Okay, everyone, it's like an unboxing. Oh god, oh no, maybe it does all rip, but that's okay. Ooh, it's just like an expanded map. Oh, and it's colored. Colored, yeah. And then I accidentally ripped it a little bit, but that's okay because I really kind of just want to leave it in here. Okay. Um. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, so join us next week mm-hmm. for the rule of wolves. Hopefully, my prediction is totally inaccurate. I know. Please, 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 um, <laughs> let it not be true. This is an instance where I would be very happy for my prediction to not hold any sway. Um, okay. So, <laughs> like I said, join us next week. Rule of wolves. Lee Bardugo. Um, you can always find us on social media. We're on Twitter at UPM Pod Official. We're on Instagram at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. And then, of course, as always, you can email us at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, goodbye.